0: Take your ass, I can take your job, put your bat right in the dirt, boy, yeah, i have a bow, so go ahead and act tough, like your John Wayne's son, but things can change.
1: Liberty Lounge brought to you every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Listen to classic country music in the Liberty Lounge to help you end your week on a pleasant note. We'll have sad songs.
0: I go out walking after midnight.
1: Happy songs.
0: I'm the happiest girl in the whole USA.
1: Patriotic songs. Songs of Tragedy.
0: Two little boys and an old family dog
1: By the bank of a stream said one day Love songs.
0: Welcome
1: to my world. And good old honky-tonk music.
0: I'm a honky-tonk man And I can't seem to stop
1: So join me every Friday night and just let your hair down for a couple of hours here on Liberty Lounge.
0: was Betty Lou, she was the one, a combination AK-57 Uzi radar, Laser Triple Barrel Double Sculpt heat Seeking Shotgun. Nobody knew where he came from, they only knew he came in. Uh Uh-oh, here he comes again. Here's Cope with the shooting bench. I still remember these words. Oh, it's plain that you're a looking for trouble Trouble's would I'd try to shun If that's what you want, then that's what you'll get Cause cowboy, we're both packing guns You know what's good for you, stay tuned for 100% Gun Talk Coming up right now Forty-four spoke, and he said lettin' smoke Seventeen inches of flame For oh, the big one had never cleared leather beaten before he could start. A little round hole had appeared
1: on his shirt. The bullet went clear through his heart. The views expressed in the following broadcast are not necessarily those of Just Measures Radio or the owners or sponsors thereof. Any and all mention of laws, ordinances, or policies are not to be construed as legal advice or necessarily all-inclusive. The listener bears all responsibility in verifying this information. The advice that this broadcast may be inflammatory to those with thin skin, limp wrists, and room temperature IQs. Furthermore, the statements expressed by the host may contain information known to the state of California to inspire free thinking and may promote unexpected growth of testicles and backbone. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, here we are and welcome to the shooting bench tonight is the 26th of February. And, uh, what I've got for you tonight is a a show that I recorded five years ago, almost to the day, give or take, give or take a week here. And it has to do, I think it's a very timely show. I looked this up because there's a, there's a good little portion in here in the beginning about organizing communities and um not necessarily malicious but it could be it could be uh you know modified a little bit for that and we've got some reloading information and some other gun talk and everything and i've I've got to um i had to throw this in there because i have kind of a uh urgent deal that i have to do um later tonight so i've got to do this to make sure that i don't miss the show i've i'm trying to desperately to make sure that you guys have good current information yes this is an old show but i probably would have played it whether whether i was uh present or not because of the uh the timeliness of the first part of this show so uh, i hope you enjoy it and i want you to we're going to be spending some more time this is wednesday so uh oh yeah by the way i left that little piece in there about just measures because i I love to hear that little deal by jason in there every once in a while so uh, I throw that in there from time to time. The rest of the show is, is unmodified, uh, from the original. So you may hear some things that are not, uh, exactly current. But the, the overall crux of the show, you know, the, the organizing and the reloading is, uh, as useful now as it was five years ago as it will be five years from now. So, <clears throat> but, um, like I said, this is Wednesday. We'll have Liberty Lounge Friday. Monday, uh, we're going to devote some time to not just coronavirus, but uh, several issues concerning preparing for a pandemic, which uh, you know may be a, a possibility in our future. So uh, we're going to spend some time on on a great number of different things as far as as getting ready for this. So uh, be sure and stay with me Monday. We'll be back in here for Liberty Lounge as always. And right now we're going to get on with this other show and I think you'll really enjoy it. So hang in there. And here we go. We've got, um, you know, before we get too deep into this, there was some discussion last night about organizing, uh, communities and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that, um, we, we didn't talk about, at least I don't, I don't believe we talked about it. Is getting the word out to the communities, and we thought that um, instead of trying to do it all yourself, instead of trying to have a you know a big meeting, a big get together at the community center or something, and try to tell everybody, the thing to do might be to um, tell your your local church leaders, any community leaders that you have around there. Get them into a meeting, you know, have 20 people in a meeting instead of 300 and um, get, you know, find out if they're on board, what their congregation or their groups think, and then go from there. Teach them the principles of this organization that we talked about last night and let them present it to the, their congregations. Now after a considerable amount of thought about this, well, last night we talked about three stages of, uh, of action here. The first one being, uh, doing nothing more than, uh, patrols and, and uh, your communication in everybody pretty much in place, you know, at, at their, their homes, their farms, whatever. And the second one being maybe, uh, stepping up the patrols and stuff a little bit and maybe, now this would be after there has been, uh, some interaction with bad guys or I shouldn't say bad guys or, um, they may be your, your fellow, you know, neighbors but, uh, they're due to their, their situation becoming what well, we would Treat the same as a as a bad guy, and that would be to um, take some of the people from the outer, the farthest reaches of your perimeter, and bring them in a little bit closer so you can keep track of them, especially the elderly and the single moms and stuff like that, uh, where you can where you can kind of help keep an eye on them. And then um, level three being Quite a bit of interaction. We've got uh, problems going on. Everybody's going to consolidate a little bit, and we're going to put um, armed contingents of people in in uh, certain key areas there to to hold those areas, and that's going to vary uh, large quite a bit with uh, the uh, the the area, the terrain, and and all of that. Well, I've uh, decided there probably needs to be a fourth stage to this. And that is the the fourth stage would be having everybody, everybody, get in close and tight and uh, try to hold a piece of ground that is, this is where we've got, uh, like when the uh, the, the thousand or so gang members came in that in that book you know you got hordes of people and you just can't keep them out and a fourth and final effort is going to be for everybody to get together and uh, in one area say just off uh, if you're in a city you know it may be a you know a whatever a five six block area or something like that you know uh, out in a rural area, it may be to go to one particular area, regardless of whose land it encompasses uh Of course, we don't want to invade their homes, but in regardless of whose land this encompasses, you want to go to a place that's defendable where you can uh you've got as many resources as you can get together in the form of food water um, uh hopefully still live. Animals, cattle, and whatnot. Maybe a place where you can grow a little bit of stuff, and um, and but primarily a, a, a the most defensible area in your region there. So just a few more things that I thought about today, and that uh, would take that for what it's worth. And uh, but anyway, I, I think about a you know when you present this to your community you'd probably be better off not to try. Hey, Nevada's in there with us. Good to see you, buddy. Been a while. If you trying to prevent, uh, present this to your community, you probably don't want to go right off the bat just trying to scare the hell out of everybody with everything that's happening. You might uh, uh, do something along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, we we need your help. We need help to uh, to strengthen the community or something along those lines and say, uh, if you've had a natural disaster in your area, like we have, forest fires and whatnot, uh, you know, you could say something to the effect of, do you remember when, uh, this fire came through? Were you prepared? If you had to evacuate, did you have a, a list pre, uh, pre-made up of, of what you can take? Whether that you've already thought about this, you're just gonna grab it and go, or are you totally confused, you know? and uh try to try to ease them into it a little bit and then go on with other stuff um as you know as as needed so anyway just a few thoughts then um the mountain shooter that was uh hey, hey gauntlet son good to see you glad you made it in here the um the eight five five you know that was a given that was a a hundred percent predictable uh scenario absolutely 100 percent no question about it predictable reaction is uh raising the price up they haven't even uh tried to ban it yet you know that the manufacturers are pumping that stuff out just as damn fast as they can and people are buying it just as damn fast as they can find it so that was uh, no question about it, and we knew that was coming, no doubt. So um, the um, you know Yakima that nine millimeter is it is still as as cheap as it may be, as cheap as it has ever been. It's always still been. A little cheaper to reload. It's just a matter of whether they think it's cheap enough uh, uh, enough cheaper to justify the time put into it as opposed to buying it. you know when it was when it was um, you know four dollars ninety nine cents a box, you had to figure out if you really wanted to put the time into reloading it. Um, I did when I was shooting a hell of a lot of nine millimeter. <clears throat> I did put a, a, quite a bit of time into reloading, and back then it was so cheap to get um, um, hollow points. And I've still got. I just found a box here just the other day, going through some of my stuff. Probably I don't know two or three thousand hollow points when I got them back when they were cheap. So I've still got a bunch of that. And I'm, I'm still going to load some. I'm not saying not to load it. I'm just saying that it's not as, not you don't recognize quite the the level of savings that you do in 9mm. And, uh, you know, some of the smaller calibers like that as you do, uh, you know, 40, 45, 357, stuff like that. So, yeah, you should still, it's still worth it, especially if you have a, a uh, relatively fast machine like uh you know, a, a Dylan 550 or a, a Lee turret press or, or something like that where you can pump out uh, at least, at least a hundred rounds an hour. And you get some of these other machines, you get a, uh, uh, 650 or something. It's not too hard to pump out four or five hundred rounds in an hour. So, um, you know, it's not too, not too, uh, not too hard to devote an hour of your time to have put 500 rounds in a box there. So anyway, uh, let's see the <laughs> you know Doc, you're right. Some of the little bitty bullets are a little harder to load. What I did find, and I did this for two reasons. I, I'm a big fan of hollow point bullets. I mean, I'm not sorry not hollow points, boat tails. So, just about a hundred percent of my two twenty three loading I do with boat because it's so much easier for my big club sausage Vienna sausage fingers to to uh set those bullets. I wouldn't even consider loading a twenty five a c p that's just asinine to me, but um the two twenty three I don't mind doing it as long as I use boat tail bullets. it's so much easier on the fingers so. Uh people with smaller fingers, maybe it's not so bad, but anyway uh three hundred ninety nine dollars a thousand for uh eight fifty fives right now yeah, I bet that was uh I bet that sale didn't last uh, ten minutes with what's going on right now. that stuff will be six hundred dollars a thousand here if it's not already, it will be pretty soon, guarantee it. The, um, if Yakima, since you're talking about the 9mm, so you've got your dyes. First off, I need to ask you, did you get carbide dyes? Uh, I hope you did. They're more expensive, buddy. They are damn sure worth it. If you didn't get carbide dyes, if these are new, then take them back, trade them in, and get carbide dyes. And, um... Your bullets are not depending on what you're shooting it out of, not uh horribly critical depending on what you want to do with it. Uh full metal jackets are fine. I'm still I've never been a real big fan of lead bullet I can't say that I was too. When I was shooting a lot of forty fives back in the day when I was competing a lot, yeah, I shot a lot of lot, 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 lot of uh cast bullets in the forty five and I did shoot and and still continue I've still got quite a few 44s that are um a very hard cast wide flat nose but they are gas checked gas checked bullets are certainly cheaper than jacketed but uh you can uh little little less worry about velocities and stuff you can push them push them pretty hard and I shot a bunch of those uh you know thirteen fourteen hundred feet a second out of a seven and a half inch blackhawk killed several deer with it one elk and uh, they perform extraordinarily well on big game I really really like those bullets um i've still got still got quite a few of them i wouldn't uh <clears throat> i wouldn't worry uh, too much about using the uh the forty four as my uh, defensive gun, certainly you could, and do a fine job, but nevertheless, I would, uh, it would, wouldn't be my, my first choice. Um, Yakima, you can still, even if you have a single stage press, that's, that was not what I was asking. Um, did you get carbide dies? Or maybe you answered me and I didn't see it. But uh, no, you haven't answered me yet. Carbide dies. If you didn't get carbide dies and your nine millimeter dies are new, if you didn't buy them used, take them back, trade them in, and get carbide dies. You can get carbide dies from Lee. Lee's not my favorite die maker, but they're okay. You can get carbide dies um, pretty reasonable with them. They are certainly a lot higher, but you'll find out after you've been reloading for a little while they're worth every penny. Of that, uh, uh of with the extra cost there, absolutely. Okay, I see where you answer me there now. All right. Um, okay, and the lead rifle bullets, you know, we're we're talking about that right now. Back uh, some time before I left Farmington, there was a, a gun guy, a gun fanatic such as myself that was getting really old and figuring that he wasn't going to use a whole lot of this stuff anymore and I bought a ton of empty uh, uh, 30-06 brass and 40 a good hard cast gas checked uh, 41s 44s Whole bunch of 357s, which I wish I hadn't sold. Now I wish I had them back. Um, and uh, a good many. And I don't know why I, I put these 30 caliber bullets out to sale two or three times, and um, sold a few of them, but not very many. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. Now they're 100 and uh, I don't know 173 grain, I believe. Uh, quite hard. They're gas checked, 30 caliber. And I'm going to hold on to those for two reasons. Just what uh, Doc was talking about up there. Use some of those maybe for, uh, not that they need to be a low-powered round, but I would use those for that. Load them down a little bit and use them for uh, for small game or whatever. But also for my thirty I've got all these bullets. Why not load a bunch of them up for the thirty 30 .30-30 is not a high-velocity round anyway. And these being gas-checked, I can push them pretty hard so uh if i'm gonna if that thirty thirty is pressed into a a uh defensive role uh obviously if it was a um, um, a home defense role, I would probably wanna have hollow points or a, you know a good quality soft point or something. But if we're talking about uh, poop hit the fan type stuff where everybody else is using full metal jackets and your three hundred eights and two hundred twenty threes and thirty carbines and everything else, why not use a good hard casper because I have them? Because I've got a bunch of them. I've got several hundred. Uh, so I don't see why in the world that wouldn't make a decent um, <clears throat> um, fighting round for the 33rd. It... um May not have quite the penetration of a of the 855 or a full metal jacketed 308, but it's going to have a whole hell of a lot more than um, um, the hollow points or the uh, or the uh, full metal the uh, soft points. So I think that's a good idea. I'm glad I thought about that before I got rid of all those, and uh, so you can push with. The with the gas checks on there, I can push those just about as fast as a as a thirty thirty shoots anyway. So I don't think that'll be a a problem. Uh, Doc, I've got all of my pistol dies. All of them are carbide. I don't have any carbide rifle dies, but uh, all of my handgun dies, I. I I'm not gonna I can bypass that extra step and not mess around with any type of wax or lube or anything just I run them through the tumbler and clean them and go to resize them and not have to have to take an extra step in there at all um, the <laughs> Nevada <coughs> we'll uh hold on here a minute. Nevada, we need to get you down here. I tell you what, you uh, you get down here one of these days in the not too distant future, and we'll fix you up here on uh, on this loading stuff. I know you've been wanting to take a reloading class for a long time, so I think that we will we will plan to fix you up with that if you're available. As a matter of fact, um, as it stands right now, tentatively, if you would like to, um, Mark out the 27th of March and uh, if you think you can swing that we're going to have a reloading class so might help you out there if you want to try that okay dang it I'm having lots of computer problems tonight I can't believe somebody had not complained about the sound so far it's been a lot of trouble, especially with the chat. And I don't know, I don't know if it's, uh, um, if it's Flash Player or what is going on here. But, uh, Yakima, as long as we're talking about loading, uh, the 9mm again here, the, um, um yeah, the Trail Boss is okay if you're, t- I don't know if you're talking about low velocity rounds for the 9mm or for rifle rounds. For rifle rounds, you can use uh, a great many different pistol powders. If you're loading them way down a lower velocity like that, uh, you may find that you want to put a a uh, dacron or a kapok type filler um, in the above the powder because you're going to put a very a very small charge of powder in there. And as you carry the rifle down the trail with the muzzle pointed safely downwards and that powder eventually all ends up towards the front of the bullet i mean towards the bullet in the front of the case and then you bring the gun up to to shoot and that powder is all still pretty much piled up right behind the bullet and the primer goes off a lot of the fire and effectiveness of the primer is not going to reach all the way up to the front of that rifle case i've seen that even in 38s and uh... Finally I figured out we put this little tuft of of Dacron in there and to hold that powder charge down against the primer and wow what an amazing absolute phenomenal difference in accuracy that was I mean it was as different as as shooting a a, uh, a muzzle loading single shot pistol and a finely tuned target rifle amazing difference in it so I learned uh, I learned a valuable lesson there and um, it works well and I continue to do that if I load any any uh, real light loads man a little uh, a couple bucks worth of Dacron will load up many around to do that with <clears throat> Doc uh, Doc's uses unique for a universal powder it's I'm not a, I, I like unique because it is very very versatile you can do a lot with it I just don't like it too much because it's kind of dirty and smoky and doesn't uh, burn as clean as some of the others. Um, I've used blue dot for um, even uh, rifle rounds. I used blue dot. Matter of fact, when I did my I used blue dot in 4570 cases for my 40 for my uh, contender. I use Blue Dot in 223 cases for my Contender, and um, it'll load all of the pistol rounds. Um, it's a great Magnum powder; it burns a lot cleaner than Unique. Uh, although it's not as good in the the light powered, um, Unique is also a decent shotgun powder, but so is Blue Dot. Blue Dot uh, gives me the velocities that I want for blue dot is my powder of choice for the 40 caliber um, and the 10 millimeter and it does a really good job with the 9 millimeter however my choice for the 9 millimeter that is as clean as factory loads it is a uh, it gives me good velocities you know well over 1200 feet a second out of a browning high power and uh, and that is um, Olin you know Winchester 231. 231 is an excellent, excellent 9 millimeter powder. But again, Unique works, Blue Dot works. There's you know 20 different pistol powders out there that work well if you um, uh, do a little bit of studying on it and don't try to don't try to hot rod too much. And I'm going to tell you about all of your reloading. Uh, well, with one exception. Everything that you load for, all this hot rod stuff, trying to get that last 10 feet a uh, second out of it, uh, you're not accomplishing anything. You don't need to. Your accuracy very often comes from uh, um, a little bit reduced loads. Just a little reduced. The, uh, Nevada, I'll see, I'll see what we can do about that, but I don't know if I can get anybody else to, um, do this on uh, any other day but a Friday and Saturday. But, uh, I'll look at it and see what I can work out for you. But, uh, you'll find that most of your, your, matter of fact, my, my absolute favorite 223 load for, you know, back in the day for this one particular gun, was 21 grains of 4198 and partner I want to tell you that that without you have heard me talk about the group that I shot the hundred thirty-six thousandths of an inch with my 223 at 100 yards that was 21 grains of 4198 now I lost probably 200 250 feet a second out of that but I guarantee you, it was, it stacked bullets one right on top of the other. It just barely wallered out a, a hole that um, with that 223, you couldn't even safely stick a pencil through that hole without touching the sides. No kidding. It really, really shot. So, there's no need to try to push that to get every ounce out of there. Now, there is, there's an I told you there was one exception to that. And that is your belted magnum cases. Your belted magnums work, typically work better when they're pushed pretty tough, when they're pretty hard. So, uh, <clears throat> you might keep that in mind if you have a, uh, you know, a 300 wind mag or any of the, the short mags or something like that. Push it pretty hard. And, uh, you, usually accuracy is a little bit better than that. Mountain shooter, you say you're out of blue dot. I'll tell you another one. Like I said, the uh, my favorite powder for the nine millimeters two thirty one blue dot works well. Um, Ramshot makes a powder called True Blue, and True Blue very much the same characteristics, very similar characteristics as Blue Dot, and uh, outstanding ten um, millimeter and forty caliber stuff. The 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 True Blue is uh really, really similar to Blue Dot. So if you can find some of that, I think you'll be really happy with it. Um, the, uh, yeah, it looks like we've got everybody here is uh, thinking that Blue Dot is uh, pretty good stuff. So, okay, let's see. The yeah and that's I loaded to the pretty much the top of the charts on my magnum revolvers simply because most of what I used in my magnums almost a hundred percent was winchester two ninety six and two ninety six is something that you do not want to download any. It needs to fill up at least ninety percent of your case capacity. You do not want to shoot reduced loads with two ninety six so That was the reason I did that, but I got uh, excellent velocities, excellent accuracy. And the other thing is, the 296 is really the only pistol powder. Of course, H110 would do the exact same thing, but um, 296 was the only pistol powder that I found back in those days that um, gave me good, good, good accuracy out of my rifles, out of my carbines. Uh, I had a little 357 Magnum. I've got a 44. I still have uh, one of each. And um 296, uh blue dot, uh, 2400 would do okay, but not not nearly as well as 296. And if you look at some of your other stuff, uh, uh unique or or uh uh any of the other uh pistol powders sucked at magnum um out out of rifle barrels they just did not get the velocity nor the accuracy that i wanted out of it but uh 296 was um it was it was the only thing to even consider for me I, i really really had a good experience with it and if i i've still got some and if i go back to uh Oh, and I've got a bunch of .44s loaded for the rifle that I have now, and I don't have a .44 handgun anymore, so. But if I load some more, unless I'm pressed into an emergency, you can bet that it'll be with uh, .296. Like I said, .296 and H110 are absolutely the same thing. You can use the same primers, same data, same, same, same. Everything will work fine. Um I don't know when they uh started that just exactly but uh H110 has always been real close but now it's it is the same thing. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> Let me go back up here and look and see what's going on in the chat room. I think um, you know doc we might as well, since we're everybody's kind of brought up the SKS, maybe we ought to talk about the SKS just a little bit. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty simple proposition. I mean, there's not a whole lot to um, not a whole well. It depends on what you want to do with it. We'll we'll talk about that. There is a lot of things you can do with it. And so, I tell you what, I think what I'm going to do here is we're going to go over here. And uh, find a little song about a foot long. And let's see, what's a good one? Let me pick a good one here. And we'll uh, play a song or two, and then we'll get back and talk a little bit more about that kind of stuff. How about, um, I have such a vast, how about this one? This sounds like a good song. Come on.
0: Have you ever had one of those days when nothing goes right? Your wife starts bitching about whatever it was she was bitching about last night. So you escape into the bathroom just to sit there on your throne. But after you finish your business, the toilet paper's gone. Well, it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. It's a bad day, so you better get off my back. You might get cold cocked if you cross my path. Cause it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> well, I was running late for work, so I poured me some coffee to go. And just before I had a flat tire, I spilled it all over my clothes. When the highway patrolman pulled up, I thought that help help was on the way but when he saw the tire tool in my hand he shot me with pepper spray (laughs) oh it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass it's a bad day so you better get off my back you might get cold If you cross my path, cause it's a great day, I can sing it if you want to, for me to whoop somebody's ass. When I finally made it to work, I was fifteen minutes late. I told my boss about the flat tire, but he fired me anyway. <laughs> So here I am out in the parking lot, just waiting by his car, man. I'm going to give him a goodbye present that he never will forget. Let's sing together. Great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. It's a bad day, so you better get off my back. You might get cold, cock, <laughs> if you cross my path. Because it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass.
1: That's what I like to see, bullseyes, every time. And you can do the same thing with buyer barrels. As long as you do your part, the custom barrels that you get from Buyer Barrels will deliver award-winning accuracy shot after shot. Buyer Barrels specializes in standard and 1-in-9-inch twist match-grade 22 long rifle barrels for the Ruger 10-22 and AR-15. If you want to win, visit their site at buyerbarrels.com. That's B-E-Y-E-R Barrels.com. Or you can call Clint at 360 374 Nine four seven six and tell him you heard it on the shooting fence, would you? Let him know that his advertising money is doing him some good.
0: Hey, are you ready? Here's Cole Reynolds with another maximum dose of truth and common sense on the shooting bench. They say heavy that to but so far as Ben Hill and they're fine on the mind.
1: Alright, let's get back here. Tampico Scout, I can see your comments. You just uh there's a little delay here <clears throat> and your nine millimeter comment came up just about the time I went on the break. So there's a uh I don't know what the delay is tonight, but there's usually anywhere from thirty seconds to to a minute or so delay between there, so that's why sometimes I don't answer. And sometimes I just don't want to talk to you because you're talking to me about those stupid cannon bottles. But yeah, I agree with the canning thing. Uh, I do a hundred percent. But we have hundreds and hundreds of them are sitting there empty, and Amy doesn't can, so I ain't buying no more damn bottles just yet. But hopefully she'll uh, she'll get started in that. I think mean, she wants to. We just situation has been such that uh, it's been well just hard to do. So we've had a lot of other a lot of other things on the on the fire here. All right, what do I use for nine millimeter bullets? Well, like I said a while ago what I use now, <clears throat> I used to uh, uh, when I first started loading a nine millimeter, I picked up a bunch of them up in uh, uh, up in Lewiston, Idaho. I went to the see one of the I forgot what the name of that store is, but there's one right down there on the main drag, and they sell factory seconds from right there from cci's factory <clears throat> and you go in and buy them by the pound it ain't a damn thing in the world wrong with them not a thing in the world they're, they're they're nothing different about them than the ones that you buy in the box for you know back in those days they were about four dollars ninety five cents a hundred or whatever it was um so we we buy them by the pound you go in there and we get a big heavy duty paper sack and you take the ice cream scooper out of there and and uh not the ice cream but the uh it's like a grain scoop, you know, you've seen them big aluminum little shovel-looking things at down at the feed store. Um you, you take those and shovel your sack full and go buy and buy the pound and and that was the way to go and I didn't find anything wrong with them. So after that, after I moved away from there, <clears throat> and that's what I've got what I just told you I found the other day. I loaded almost exclusively hollow points because I'm just not a big fan of full metal jackets in the 9mm for anything except training. So most of what I loaded was hollow points. And I would get watch midway, midway arms, watch them closely and check for their, they have factory seconds and clearance sales and stuff every once in a while. You may have to wait a month or two um but sooner or later you'll see uh, that that's a good place to uh to watch for a, a good sale <clears throat> also <clears throat> if you uh it wouldn't be out of out of reason for you to I mean it's a pretty good little trip from where you're at down to Lewiston but you know go down there on a on a 3-day weekend and uh take B2 basic down there and and uh enjoy a weekend in in Lewiston and go in, and down there and, and buy a bunch of the factory seconds, and, and however many different calibers you want. Um, the worst blemish, the worst problem I ever saw with any of these bullets. Uh, the, the the most thing that was wrong with them, the most frequent, most common thing, was they were exactly as the uh, as the name implies. They were blemished. They just weren't polished as well and pretty as the other ones. There wasn't a damn thing wrong with them. I did see the worst thing I ever saw wrong was with some, uh, I believe it was either 44s or 357s that I got. And um, the cannelures didn't, the cannelure on it didn't match up on the other side. They run it through their, their roller deal, and uh, it, it went around there and got off center a little bit and didn't quite match up on the other side. Now, in a finely tuned... Uh, Highly surgically accurate precision bolt gun that might have made a little bit of a difference. In handguns, nobody but me and the guy that sold it to me and God is ever gonna know that those camelures didn't match up. It's not gonna matter. So, you might check into that. But um Midway is a good place to check that. Check all your, uh, all your, uh, different, um component in reloading sales places there's um what's that one doc i think there's one down in mississippi um, oh shoot uh natchez natchez shooter supply and i think that's in mississippi and uh good place to get stuff too the uh, mountain shooter, not mountain shooter, Yakima Glock, uh, a couple of things for you. The, the whole thing about shooting cast bullets in the Glock barrel is basically a bunch of crap. It's, uh, it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Now, you don't want to shoot soft cast bullets too fast through there. You do want to check them pretty carefully and, um, uh, clean them out good if you, if you start seeing any build up in there. You do not want to try to push it. If you start seeing buildup in a Glock barrel, stop and uh, and get it cleaned out. Uh, reason being, your gas seal is vastly superior in Glock barrels than it is um, uh, other uh, more conventional barrels. Now, two other things you can do. <clears throat> One of them is to, uh, yeah, mountain shooter, Graf & Sons, mid, Mid-South shooters, yeah, both great place. Um, the, um, what was that Alright, I'm back. Um, the gas checked bullets, anything gas checked, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but, um, you, there's no real concern at all in a Glock barrel. As fast as you want to shoot them, if you want to shoot gas stick. The other thing is, if you want to shoot a lot of lead bullets, just buy another barrel. Buy a conventional, uh, conventionally rifled barrel from from uh, Lone Wolf Supply, Lone Wolf Distributors, or uh, you know Glockmeister or any of them. Get a there's they cost about 125 bucks, and it's got regular cut rifling in it, just like uh, most other guns have and then you don't have quite the concern about it so i mean you can still get silly with it and you can still um... still cause problems if you try real hard but you got less to be concerned about with conventional barrels so we've uh... kind of shot up some of our time here so let's let's get back to the sks a little bit what uh... mountain shooter said a while ago Ask about the someone was asking about the uh... Uh, gas piston, Mountain Shooter is absolutely correct. If the gun is functioning properly, don't worry about it. If you feel like it's wearing out, it's starting to slow down a little bit. Your your reliability is not quite at a hundred percent. Then change it out. They're not uh, they're not horribly expensive. Matter of fact, they're pretty reasonable. Tampico Scout, I don't remember. What the place was in Lewiston, but it was, it's right on the main drag as you come over the bridge and go into town. You're going to take right coming from where you're, if you're coming from the north and you come down the valley or come down the the mountain there, cross the bridge. You're going to take a ride on the main drag and you get down about halfway through town, and it'll be on your left hand side. That's all I can remember. I don't know if that's any help to you or not. And that was a long time ago. Of course, the the town couldn't have grown any more to the north from where that place was because the river's there. So it, it's uh, if it's still in business, it doesn't matter whether it's in business or not, because there's uh there's there's a bullet manufacturing place there, and somebody is selling those bullets for selling those those blims. You can do the same thing at the Sierra plant up in, uh, where is it, Missouri or, or somewhere back in Nebraska or somewhere. Um, you can do the same thing there. Everybody that makes bullets sells seconds or blims unless they're cast, and then they melt them down and do it over again. So, um, <clears throat> the, um, that's. Yeah, peanut rider. The, no, Tampico Scout. That is not the place that you buy the bullets. That's where they make the bullets. They're not the ones that selling them. Selling the seconds. There was a gun shop there that they the, the gun shop buys the seconds from Spear and sells them. So don't go looking at the Spear place to do that unless they've unless they've uh, changed their policy. They do not sell them out of the factory itself. Uh, Nevada Storm Lake barrels. Are uh, they're they're a lot tighter than Lone Wolf. Uh, arguably, you might get a tad better accuracy out of them, but your reliability may suffer a little bit. I've had several people with uh, Storm Lake barrels, and um, because they are uh, quite a bit tighter chambers and stuff, didn't experience quite the degree of of accuracy that you would. Or, uh, um, uh, reliability that you'd expect out of a Glock. So, Lone Wolf barrels are fine. They work just fine. Now, if you want both, if you want precision and reliability, get one of the, uh, one of the match grade KKM barrels. KKM, they're, they're a little more expensive. You're not gonna find one for 125 bucks. But they are awesome. And that's what I have in my 10 millimeter. And I have no problem shooting three inch, three and a half inch groups at 50 yards with it, uh, with just about anything I put in it. Uh, it does a fine job. Um, keep trying to get back to the SKS and we keep drifting off on here on, on, uh, nine millimeter stuff and reloading. So I tell you what we're going to do. Let's, uh, let's plan on this. Let's devote next Thursday. To we'll we'll start out with the SKS and we'll run it we'll milk it for everything it's worth try to get everything out of it we can and then if we need to uh, um, drift off you know into another thing before we finish up then that'll be fine but uh, we I've tried and tried to get back to the back to the SKS and we just haven't seemed to manage to get it done yet so next Thursday plan on it. We'll start at the beginning of the show and go till we run out of things to talk about, about the SKS. And that's, uh, that may take a little while because the SKS has got a lot going for it. It's a simple gun. But, um, I can tell you some, uh, some good modifications and stuff to do to it. My SKS I had, I, I kind of wish I hadn't sold it. It, um, it was a, an awesome, awesome little truck gun. Good shooter. And, uh, I'll tell you some, I'll tell you some neat tricks and stuff to do to your SKS to make it something that is more, more desirable. People say, well, it's just an SKS. You buy them. They're cheap and blah, blah, blah. Well, that, you know, to, to a degree, that's true, but you know, you want to put a little money in it, put a little time in it. And, um, you can make a hell of a good shooting little gun out of them. So we'll talk about all that next Thursday. Classes we have scheduled right now, I told you uh, we've had a, a a CCW class scheduled for the 13th and a Counter-Strike class scheduled on the 14th. Those are going to have to change. We've got some other uh, pri- uh, um, um, things we got to take care of. So those are moving um, up a week. It's going to be the 20th for the CCW class and the 21st for the Counter-Strike class. Which puts our reloading class that was scheduled for the twentieth now on the twenty seventh. So on the twenty seventh we'll take care of that, and um, we might even might even try to make some special concessions here for for uh, Nevada. There we'll f- figure out something for him. And we still have the battlefield medic class coming up on the twenty seventh, twenty eighth of this month. That is a week from. Day after tomorrow. No, a week from tomorrow, because it's going to be a Friday and Saturday. So yeah, a week from tomorrow. Alright. Now I need to get busy and get some other things up here on the calendar, but that's what we got going for the time being. I saw something, 180 grain, wide, flat nose gas checked up. Uh oh yeah. That was uh I remember that. Gauntlet. That was uh Gauntlet was one of the few people that got to shoot my I've got to uh, the, the privilege of shooting my Glock 20. My Glock 20 is a uh, is a damn fine damn fine shooting uh, handgun. I really really like it. Uh, I didn't know that KKM had moved to Nevada. Nevada. That's good to know. But, uh, you know, look at them. Before you, uh, before you get too, too dedicated, carried away with the Storm Lake barrel, take a look at KKM. That's what I've got on mine. I've got a couple of KKM barrels. I've got one of my, uh, one of my Glock 22s also has a KKM barrel. And they shoot very, very well. Now, the average guy out there probably wouldn't notice the accuracy difference. Gauntlet, you're a good shot. You can probably squeeze the difference out of there. I know good and well that uh, that Nevada can. The average shooter that's still struggling with uh, other issues, uh, just stick with your stock barrel. You're you're, you're not going to notice the degree of accuracy out of it probably um, for a little while. So don't disappoint yourself. Don't go spend a bunch of money on a barrel and then say, well, it doesn't shoot any better than my other one. No, what that means is you're still not shooting any better than you were with the other barrel. So, you know, wait till you get to a point where you think you've managed to, to milk every millimeter of, of accuracy out of your stock barrel or whatever barrel you have. And if you're looking to upgrade, you're shooting longer ranges, you're shooting groups that, uh, you know, that you measure with a micrometer instead of a, a yardstick, then you might want to look at going with a uh... a match grade barrel of some kind the KKM barrel is definitely a shooter no question about it okay yeah doc i remember that i paid uh... i paid eighty nine ninety five for my first one and it's not hard to find some now that are over four hundred dollars the uh... when we were uh... in farmington i bought dozens of those things for um what 89 99 probably probably 99 dollars, and uh sold them for $129.95, made 30 bucks on uh, on them and shot a, a bunch of them out of that okay well i've had just about all the fun i can stand i hope you guys have uh, got something out of this which was kind of a kind of an off the cuff show here. We've had other things going on, had uh meetings and stuff today and didn't really put the effort and time into this show that uh that I should have. So, hopefully it still uh still worked out for you. Next Wednesday, I mean next Thursday, we're going to be all over that SKS. Tomorrow night, Liberty Land wait. Wait, wait. Um I'm going to try to be on here live tomorrow night. There is a possibility if I'm still on the road, if I don't make it to uh, um, where I'm going in time, I, I may have to put on an archive for you. But I will. Liberty Lounge will happen, whether it's live or an archive. It will be on at the proper time. So there you go. The C7. <laughs> I bet you are willing to take that g twenty off my hands, but uh I'm gonna tell you you'd probably uh you'd probably rather shove a wet noodle up a bulldog's butt than try to get that juglock twenty from me, just saying all right, I got to get out of here Have
0: gun, we'll travel reach the card of a man. Savage man It's fast gun for higher Heaps the calling wind A
1: soldier of Okay, that about wraps it up for another PM edition of the Shooting Bench. Join me every Thursday night for two hours of 99 and 44 100% pure gun talk. Good night.
0: A chestnut of silver is his badge of trust. There are campfire legends that the flames may spin
1: Of the man